didn't realize what a, uh, what a challenging thing I had stepped into when I said, sure, I'll do a devotion. I'm just, uh, I've gotten so used to just saying, sure, I'll go ahead and do it, that sometimes I'm thinking, why, Lord, didn't I check myself on that a little bit? But no, uh, I'm uh, uh, getting back into, uh, I, I didn't think I was going to be a storyteller this year, and, uh, but then I had the opportunity, and that has come back to me, and uh, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, those of you who are storytellers, you've probably found that it's a, um, it's a good way to share, but it's also a little bit different from what we might normally think of as, as the, the, the normal process that we might share something. But I'm, um, while I'm challenged by the method, I'm also very much encouraged by what it means and, and the heart of, uh, of what we're seeking to do through it. Uh, I'm a firm believer. I grew up... Uh, how many of you had at least one storyteller in your family? Somebody that you knew when you got together, they were going to be telling the stories. I mean, they were just going to be the, the kind of the entertainment for the time and the get-together or whatever. Uh, yeah, you just knew that if nobody else had anything to offer, you were going to get it from them. You know, uh, well, you may not have known it, but they were, they were probably almost unwittingly using this method. They were, they were recounting. Uh, stories from either their life or from your family life. Um, maybe they were telling it accurately. Maybe they were changing history a little bit. Uh, now, that's not the goal for those of us who are storytellers. We're telling it like it is, okay? Um, so, not like you remember it or like you wish it had been or thought it was or whatever. Interestingly enough, I have found over the years, uh, I've, I've, a couple of the churches that we have... Uh, been privileged to serve at, I've, I've thought it intriguing how I could listen to the stories of people who had been there for years at those churches, and in some cases I could go back and read like board minutes or old journals or whatever, things that recorded the history of that church, and it was interesting to see how the two often had different takes on what actually happened, when, where, the time, the place, all those things. Um, we remember stories in different ways. Uh, but stories are very powerful. There's no doubt about that. Uh, a favorite author of mine has put it this way. He says, In our world, stories matter. Methods and systems are beneficial because they provide structure and help keep us on the right road. But the motivation and the courage to keep walking the road come from the stories we hear and see and experience. Stories that inspire hope and bring us face-to-face -face with God. Uh, that's one thing that I've been reminded of with this method and the stories that we're going to actually be sharing uh, during the times together. If they do anything, they teach us about the heart of God. What was God really up to? What was He wanting to do? What was He trying to communicate to His people through these stories, through the life of Moses and the children of Israel, the burning bush, the parting of the Red Sea, the... Uh, the striking of the rock, these, these stories that we're going to be sharing, what do they tell us about who God is and how He wants to live among us, how He has interacted with us in the past, and so how we can draw from that and say, well, this is what I find about the heart of God and the personality of God. And if I can get a hold of that, then I can have some measure of trust and anticipation about what He's going to do in my life and in my life down the road. Uh, the author goes on to say, storytelling 
is a call into a story that forms and shapes us. It's about stumbling into revelation as life unwinds and Scripture unfolds. It's about listening to God's story and then sharing it with others. It's about recognizing that when people gather to hear a story, God speaks. I will tell you this without any measure of doubt whatsoever. Uh, Whether it was uh, standing before you this morning and offering the message that I believe God had put on my heart or any time I've ever been asked to get up in front of a group of people as a minister of the gospel, if I didn't believe that God could take what was coming from my lips and transform it into His words and to His message of life into your ears and your heart and your mind, then I wouldn't do it. Because all you would be getting was just what little I could come up with in my own heart and mind. Okay? And that's not beneficial to any of us. It barely benefits me. So there's no way it would help a group. But, but what I believe is that, I mean, you hear the term, and Pastor BJ said it a few times, I've said it a few times, that the miracle of preaching would happen. We talk about that here. What, I'm, what I've been praying for as well is that the miracle of storytelling would take place during these nights of Backyard Bible School. That, we wouldn't, that our aim wouldn't just simply to get, be, get through the night. So if that's where you've been already kind of leading up to this, if some of you have been looking at the schedule and looking at what all has to happen and the logistics of everything and you're wondering about the plan and all those things, don't just aim to get through the night. Aim to, aim to have an encounter yourself and to help those, those kids that are there, those adults that will show up, that that place would truly become holy ground, that there would literally be encounters with Jesus. And when these stories are told and when these songs are sung, that God Himself has an opportunity to speak into all of our lives. You know, one of the things that can, that can really hinder us sometimes uh, as, a, as a local body, we can see something so much as our ministry to others or our efforts to outreach to other people that we can miss the very thing that God wants to do in us. In the very process, we can aim so hard at, well, I'm, I'm going to them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to do something for them. I'm, we're trying to reach them. And we can miss the fact that God is all the time saying, don't put me in a box and just think that I only want to speak to the few people that show up. I want to speak to everyone. I want to change everyone's heart and life. I want to transform everyone, those who serve and those who are being served. So the stories that we will tell and that we will share through this week are, uh, are going to be uh, very important. I, I had the opportunity yesterday as I was driving back to Salem and back. That's about six hours in a car. And uh, Lauren has put together some YouTube videos of the examples. Most of you have got the link, uh, the storytellers especially, and you've seen some of these. Um, and they're very well done, and I just really enjoyed that, that I, got to, I got to visibly watch somebody go through the process over and over. And I listened to them all about, well, however many times you can listen to them over six hours of driving. I just kind of replayed them over and over. Uh, I was watching the road. I wasn't just staring at for those of you. Was, but I had it right in my line of sight. So anyway, yeah, bad example for the kids, I know. Sorry, sorry. But it was the time I had when you're uh, dealing with my schedule, you have to... It was the same, but it was different, Michelle. Okay, that was what. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the same, just different. Uh, but here's the stories that were, in, and here's what I want to point us to, uh, just as we continue to think about this through the week. On each of the stories, those of you who are telling the stories, you'll be called upon 
to ask a pretty specific question toward the end of the storytelling time. And those of you who will be a part of and 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 it's I, I don't want you to get the wrong idea that this is all just about the storytellers. Everybody will have a part to play. If we if we don't all do what we are called upon to do and serve well, then the storytelling time won't unfold the way it needs to unfold. The song time won't unfold the way it needs to unfold. The hospitality time with food and all those things. Each of those can be powerful moments of ministry and they can all work together to create a, a wonderful experience and a wonderful encounter uh, with God. Um, but they each, uh, need, we need to be giving our best to them. But the story we do believe that is, is a special time because it's when the Word of God will actually be uh, offered and given and it, and it will go forward. I want, so I want to remind us of these questions that are going to be asked through the week. And I want you to be praying about how the questions might impact you from the stories and how, how the Holy Spirit might speak to and help those who hear these questions at the different locations to apply them to their own life and what they can gather from them. Uh, the first story will be the story of the burning bush. Moses, you know, in, in, uh, on the backside of the desert at Mount Horeb, and he sees this bush, and he's, he's in wonder and amazement because it's burning, but it's not consumed. And then he takes off his sandals because the place where he's standing is holy ground. And God speaks to him and begins to unfold this plan that God has for his people who have been in slavery for 400 years, and he's going to set them free. So that plan begins to unfold. And without telling every one of these stories, I just want to give you a little bit of the context because at the end of that storytelling time, here's one of the questions that's at least suggested and, or will hopefully be asked in one form or another. Is there anything in the story that could help you when you have to make a choice that you know God will see? You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to make decisions that you don't think many people are going to notice or you're going to, if it, if it succeeds or fails, no big deal. There's not a crowd around or anything. But in this story, in the burning bush, God is very present. He's very right there with Moses in that circumstance. And he's essentially saying, what choice are you going to make? Here's my plan. Here's what's, here's, here's what's happening. What's your decision? Uh, don't you love like pop quizzes? Aren't those wonderful? When it's like, you've got a decision to make, and I'm waiting. Here I am. I'm just standing right here in front of you. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. What, is there anything in the story that could help you when you have to make a choice that you know God will see? A burning bush. The second story, the crossing of the Red Sea. And I'm going to purposely leave these open-ended because I really... I really do believe there's something significant uh, that can happen uh, in this week and with the way these, this storytelling presentation is designed so that we can just say, Holy Spirit, we believe that you're going to apply this to people's hearts. As we, as we help to tell stories that reveal your heart, reveal your mind, we're really counting on you uh, to help apply these to hearts. The crossing of the Red Sea, pretty familiar story uh, to, to many of us. Uh, the children of Israel have now, Moses has accepted the charge. He's went to Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh has said the people could go and they've escaped out of, out of Egypt. God has worked through that plan. It's not been an easy plan. It's not been an easy way. The ten plagues, all these things have happened. 
Now they're on the, the run out, out of Egypt and they find themselves in a very tough spot because they have the Red Sea in front of them and the army of Pharaoh behind them. And they're in a very difficult place. And uh, through that story, God, God leads them and directs them. He makes a way through the sea and they are called upon to accept this and see how God will fight for them. The armies of, of, of Pharaoh and the king recognize that God is literally fighting on their behalf. Chariot wheels are falling off. Chaos is breaking out among the armies of Israel. They're seeing all this take place. And in the midst of all of this, God is leading them through on dry ground. And the final question comes down to something like this. Is there anything in the story that could help you when you have a choice, when you have to make a choice whether or not you will go the way God wants you to go, even though it isn't an easy way? Um, I can't say that God has ever spoken to me in, in a way that I know that God was saying, this is the way I want you to go. This is the new step I want you to take. This is where I want you to move to. This is what I want you to do. I can't say that God has ever called me to anything that I looked at and said, oh yeah, that'll be real easy. Now maybe he does sometimes, but I don't think, I, I, I've never personally experienced that and I don't find that happening very often in Scripture. I don't ever find God calling upon us to say, here's something that you can do, it's just going to be so easy, it's just going to be a breeze. I think there's, very much, there's a great amount of purpose and intentionality in the heart of God to say, I will make a way for you. My love and my heart is for you and my plan is for you, but you are still going to have to totally depend on me. This way is a, is a way for you. It won't be easy, so your dependence will continue to need to stay on me as I guide you through this. But what might that look like for the people that we get to minister to, to have that question posed to them? What, is it, what does it mean, and is there anything in the story that could help you when you have to make a choice to follow God, to go the way God wants you to go, even though it isn't an easy way. That can apply to every single one of us, not just to those that we'll be striving to minister to through Backyard Bible Club. The story number three is uh, uh, Moses uh, and the rock. Uh, and this story uh, calls upon uh, Moses to rise up when the people... Of, uh, are, have traveled and they're wandering in the wilderness and they've run out of water and they're missing the fact that God has provided food and water for them every single day. Uh, they just lose sight of that and begin to, to think that they've been brought to the desert. In fact, they, they put Moses on the spot and really, were there not enough graves in Egypt that you just bring us out here to die? Uh, this uh, it looks like a terrible time and a terrible place for Moses, And the grand question will come to, to them in this story. Is there anything in the story that could help you when you are in a situation where it seems like God's plan for you is not a good plan? Uh, I think this is, this is pretty characteristic of following the Lord as well. Uh, I can think of a whole lot more times when I believed I was stepping out on faith and following the plan that God had given me, and I got a little ways into it and began to think, Lord, what have, what have we done? <laughs> You've brought us out here in the middle of nowhere to die. Oh my goodness. What are you, what's going on? I thought we were following right in the middle of your plan. I, I guess I expected everything to just fall right perfectly into place and we'd land on a cloud and we'd get a halo and a harp and float right in. You know, I just, what's going on? 
If, well, you see, there's something about us that just intuitively thinks to ourselves that if God is making the, the way, that, it, boy, it's just going to be smooth sailing. Nothing will ever come our way. Isn't it interesting, though, that it's dependence and, and, and desperation for God to move and act and make a way that, that causes the whole thing to begin in the first place, but then for some reason we tend to think that that's all just going to melt away the minute He makes a way. He calls us to continue to be dependent upon Him. And what might it mean for those who we will minister to and for us as well when we find ourselves in a situation where it seems that God's plan for us is not a good plan. Lord, this can't be what you had in mind. This, can't, this wasn't what I signed up for. This wasn't what I thought it was going to be. What does that mean for us? What does it mean for us to trust Him with that? What might the Holy Spirit be saying to us in those moments and to them as well? Then the fourth story is about the bronze snake. Uh, the, the snake's coming out and and attacking people, obviously because they have, they have sinned, they haven't obeyed, they haven't listened to God. And so the snakes are, are a representation of consequence when we do not follow the Lord and do not obey Him as we should. And, and God makes a way in the midst of all of that. And Moses forms a snake, and, and those who look to the snake are healed. This is a wonderful, powerful story. And even down through the years, it has become the symbol. In fact, Physicians have taken up this symbol. It's still used in some places a lot. You'll still see that, that symbol in medical institutions and medical fields of, of a, a staff with a snake wrapped around it and some, even some wings sticking out to the side. It comes from this story of the bronze snake. It's that general symbol for looking to a place and, and receiving healing. But the question that comes down to us from this story that we hope will be given out, get it, that will get across during the Backyard Bible Club is this. Is there anything in the story that could help you when you, uh, when you do have a problem that you want God to take away, but He doesn't take it away? When it doesn't seem like God is hearing that prayer, when it doesn't seem like God is working on the timetable you want Him to work on or doing things the way you want Him to work them out, what, is, what does it mean to follow God into times like that. What might the Holy Spirit be saying to you and to me and to those to whom we will minister to through Backyard Bible Club during those times? Uh, Lauren will be, will be telling the fifth story uh, when we get to that on Sunday night uh, as well. But what I want to encourage us with is that, is that we'll be praying about how these questions will, will land in the hearts and minds of those that they'll be shared with, and, and that they'll be open and receptive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to them as an answer and as a way to apply the stories uh, to their life. Through the week, we will have opportunities to tell and to live the story of God and His love. I, I hope that your anticipation level is growing because we're, we're stepping into a time and a season for us through this week where we as a church, as a collective body, as those who have, God has gathered together, and it's, praise the Lord, it's beyond our walls, it's beyond our local congregation. He's just rallying the body of Christ a little, a little more each year for this. It's an opportunity for us to live out this faith that we've been given. So, I believe that when we come to times like that, spiritual preparation is absolutely key. Why? Number one, because we are sharing stories that the Holy Spirit will use 
to convey the heart and the will and the plan of God. Think about this. There could literally be a significant number of boys and girls and even adults who have never heard the truth about who God really is, what His plan and His will and His purpose. They've, they've never heard these stories. You know, there was a time when we could just assume that stories that were this, this noteworthy and, and this significant in the Word of God that everybody, we could say, well, just remember what you were taught in Sunday school. Those days are over. We largely have a society of people who will not have any clue about these stories. If they haven't been raised in church, if they, then they don't, they don't know. So these will be brand new, fresh stories to a lot of hearers this week. So how are we preparing and how are we asking God to help us prepare for conveying these stories and the, and the, the way that they can convey the heart and the will and the plan of God for people's lives. People who are desperate, people who are hurting, people who need hope. Here's something that I know is true. And a wise man shared this with me uh, several years back and I've never forgotten it. We are like sponges. And this week our character will be on display. More than what people think of this building, more than what people think of this campus, more than what people think about our worship style or any experience they could have here the church, the Pittsfield Church of the Nazarene and those who are gathering together in this effort, the church will be on display in a way that it never is any other time. Our character will be on display. And what does it mean that we're like sponges? Well, we're like sponges because when we're squeezed, when we're challenged, when we're pushed to step out of our comfort zone, when we're asked to do something uh, unusual for us in the course of our week or just having our schedules change, when we're squeezed... Whatever is really inside tends to come out. So if you know that it's your tendency to have things that don't display the heart and character of God come out when the pressure's on or when the stress is on, there's where you need to be praying. God, help me to display the heart and the attitude and the love and the patience and the joy of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit living and working in me through this week. I know what I tend to be like when I get out of my comfort zone and I get pushed or challenged to do things I'm not ready for or used to. I want to display the heart and the character of Christ. So help me with that. That's a great way for you to be praying tonight. Here uh, from the greatest author of all, God writes uh, and he tells us that he wants to write these stories not on just the pages of the Bible, not just for a few of us to memorize, but on our hearts. Ultimately, God want, does not want the whole world wallpapered with the Ten Commandments. He wants our hearts to get it. And, it, and it's so important to him that he, he had several significant writers of Scripture declare it. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Jeremiah 31, 33, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And the writer of Hebrews in chapter 8, verse 10, 
This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Did you hear me repeating myself? It's because God was repeating himself. Get this. Hear this. Why is all this important? Because the story of the Bible and your story are one and the same. It's important because the freshness and the power of your story and your relationship with God will directly impact your ability to share that truth and that faith with others that we come in contact with. Wherever your relationship with God is, however significant it is to you right now, however strong it is guiding and directing your life right now, that's the measure of what you're going to be able to give away this week. So if it's not everything you want it to be or desire it to be, here's another great way you can pray. God, draw me closer to you right now, tonight. Make me more like you, and in doing so, better equip me to go out and give away this faith and this joy and this hope that I have found in you. I want to share that with those that I come in contact with this week. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit wants to and will make application. But the visual and experiential expression of that possibility will be presented through each and every one of us. It's true. Someone once said, you're the only Bible some will ever read. You're the only Jesus some will ever see. So let's seek Him tonight and ask Him to prepare our hearts as we prepare logistically. Let's prepare spiritually. Let's pray and ask the Father to write His story on our hearts in a fresh new way so that we can share it with everyone He brings along our way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we need You. Uh, We thank You that You have spoken down through history and we have Your precious story.